Welcome back to Brain Chatter, where we listen past the daily noise and explore topics at the intersection of leadership, workplace culture, profit, and sustainability. I'm your host, Derek Brown. The modern world and workplace just keeps getting more and more fast-paced, and that means that the sustainable modern organization has to successfully adopt new technologies into their operations, strategies, outlook, and more at an increasingly fast clip. One extremely underestimated part of technology adoption, whether it soars, fumbles, or flops, is organizational culture. Today's guest, Tom McNanny, is a Vice President of Information Technology in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Tom knows firsthand about this from his vast experiencing, witnessing, implementing, and leading IT change in company locations across the United States over his career. Tom, welcome to Brain Chatter. Well, thank you, Derek. I appreciate you having me. It's great to be here. Well, of course. Could you start by providing a quick definition of what is meant by digital transformation in the workplace? Sure. I think digital transformation, it means many things to many people. However, I would define it as the, the process of leveraging digital technologies, strategies, and, and data to fundamentally change how your business operates how you interact with customers and, and deliver value for them. How many times in your career have you been a part of rolling out a new software of one sort or another to the place where you either worked or where your company was contracted to work at that time? I would say at least 15 or so over the course of my career, primarily with ERP systems, warehouse management systems, or manufacturing execution systems. So illustrations are always helpful. Can you start with a fumble or a flop that you witnessed where a rollout went really badly, not as a result of the technology, but of a fault in the workplace culture? Maybe it even failed and the adoption was abandoned because of all the frustration. And could you discuss how and why things ended up that way? Sure. I think from a failure perspective, I think that by far the failures are in direct correlation to the leadership and the cultural dynamics of the organization. Uh, one, one in particular, you know, when I think about it, leadership wasn't committed or truly bought in to that change. Uh, they, there were different messages being delivered from, from different leaders. There were, you know, inconsistencies and in that in itself made it more difficult to achieve any type of buy-in or, or build trust with the employees. Uh, team members were hearing inconsistencies in the vision and the direction. They were receiving different answers to, to questions about the change and the impacts of that change. And ultimately, a lack of accountability across the team and the organization for that change. And so when I think about it in the context that the leadership drives culture, culture drives your behavior, and that behavior drives your results, you have to have a strong and fully engaged leadership team to drive that change. And there's no doubt that culture is, is the critical success factor in a transformation. So when you think about failures like that, would you say they are costly failures or near failures? And if so, could you identify what some of those costs were? Not necessarily amounts, but the types of costs that were caused as a result. 
you know, obviously you have very hard costs of, of not getting orders out the door, or the inability to invoice or incorrectly invoice or provide incorrect information to customers. Uh, you know, I think those are very hard, quantifiable costs that you need that you can, you know, determine in a failed implementation. Even more importantly are, are some of the intangible costs or the soft costs of such as employee morale as, as a result of the Herculean effort now that they have to go through in order to perform their jobs and the impact that has on them, their morale and, you know, there's just their desire to get up every day and come to work. And, and I think that is a, that's a much higher cost than what people give credit for. So would you contrast that example where things went poorly with a case where a rollout of technology went really well because of a strong workplace culture and positive leadership and maybe provide some signs of of what showed it was going well in the process and then afterwards proved it was a success? You know, the successful transformation is where you, you had a very strong leader or a leadership team that was highly engaged. They very bought in to that transformation and what it meant for the organization. They were extremely committed to it. The message was very, even from the very kickoff meeting, the leadership was very clear. They were very consistent and they were constant communicators of what that change was about, what it meant, what it was going to mean for the organization, but not only for the organization, but what it was going to mean for the employees. What it, what it was going to mean for them to have more time to think about the changes in their processes and how their work effort was going to be less than what it is today. And it would provide them opportunities to do other things within the organization. So the employees knew that and they understood that. And the other thing I noticed is there was a very, very much a high degree of accountability and trust across the entire team because of that highly engaged mentality that the leadership team had. Not only did they hold the team accountable, but they held themselves accountable for what what needed to be done for the project. That makes a lot of sense. I hear you saying something as a core message there, and that is that the leadership helped everyone understand the why and make sense out of all of it, how it impacted the individual as well as the department and the whole company. And what a contrast to a situation where a leader or a manager says, it's just sent down to us, just get it done. And then people think that it's not worthwhile. You've just painted the picture of two very different examples for us. And could you analyze maybe more details of what was behind the differences in experience for the employees for both of those? You could hear the employees articulate back what they were hearing and not only what they were hearing and not just, you know, parroting back what they were hearing, but they also had a level of understanding of why they're, you know, why we were doing things and why we were making the changes. And they were actually looking forward to their new processes because that would give them an opportunity to be what they felt more impactful and add more value to the company because now they were doing what in their mind was something that was much more important than maybe pushing paper from point A to point B. But they understood, they understood the what, they understood the why, 
and they understood the how. They how how was that change going to impact them, and 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 what was in it for them, and and they really understood it. And I think that if you don't understand it, more than likely you're not going to trust it. And I think there was a high level of trust, uh, accountability again across the entire team. For most managers, rolling out any kind of change, but especially rolling out new technologically-based change, whether that be a new software for inventory or accounting or sales, security or operational efficiencies or something else, I suspect managers' first thought is rarely, this is going to be really intertwined with our workplace culture. So why is that? Why do you think managers don't first think about strengthening and prepping the workplace culture before they roll out a stressful change, in this case, new technology change or digital transformation? Because it's not like this is a new discovery. This is something bumped up against millions of times a year or more by organizational leaders right here in the U.S. and North America. Some of it is, as you stated, you know, a, a bit of lack of awareness of what what it means and and what it means uh, to the people and within inside of the organization. There's an underestimation of the amount of resistance that they may face. You know, the resistance that you're not realizing in the what's going on side inside of an employee's thought process as they 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 contemplate how their life is going to change and is the organization going to need me anymore, etc. There's probably a bit of overconfidence, perhaps, in in uh, in what they're about to embark upon. Um, it, it it always takes longer than they think. I think they, it's something that they feel that they can get done quickly, and that doesn't always uh, happen overnight. And you know, there's always the high pressure to to deliver the result. Tom, let me take a moment to do an introduction of you. You're a native of Ohio and spent much of your life there, although you've lived in other parts of the United States. You have an undergraduate degree from Muskingum University and a master's from the University of Phoenix. You are a board member of the Queen City Robotics Alliance there in Charlotte, where you currently live, which is a really fascinating workforce development program for students related to STEM and robotics. And uh, we can share a link to that in your bio on the show notes here so that anybody can learn more about that. I get to see some of it on Facebook. It's really fascinating. And you have held various executive positions in technology. You're currently the vice president of information technology for Flow Control Group, which I hope you'll tell us a little bit more about. You've been doing that for almost three years. And I cannot forget to mention that you're the spouse of my coworker, Ken Chapman and Associates, Chief Operating Officer Kim McNanny. Kim has worked in human resources and managed a human resources department for a major factory before the two of you moved from Ohio to the Carolinas. And then, uh, of course, Kim joined Ken Chapman and Associates Incorporated. Have I missed anything that you would like to highlight or that I just completely left out? No, I think you you, you covered a lot of territory, and I think it's uh, interesting how when you hear someone else repeat back to you your sorry a little bit of your life story, how short that can be. So <laughs> it just you know it goes to show you that you need to make the most of that piece. As you mentioned, uh, you know obviously Kim Kim works for Ken Chapman, and I think what's fascinating there in, in our conversations, and we don't get dive into the details details, but you know we certainly have a number of conversations around 
culture and Ken Chapman Associates being heavily involved in cultural transformation for companies and helping them get through that process. What's interesting to me is that when you, th- you think about culture, it's, the, it's that central key to me. It's not just about digital transformation or it's not just about any type of change within inside of an organization. That is a, it's a critical success factor to any type of, of change or initiative within inside a company. And, and, and again, I always, I always go back to that culture drives behavior and those, that behavior drives results. And if you want results for your organization, you have to have a great culture, a culture of trust, a, tr- a culture of accountability, that you have each other's backs. It, it includes safety. It includes getting products out the door. It includes any type of operations within a facility. It's it's all encompassing, which I think is that to me is the common thread that ties this all together. Well, hopping away from the human element over to a, a more technological part, as you know, I mentioned to you, I was going to throw in some uh, input to Chat GPT and ask. Chat GPT to come up with some questions and discussion points for us. Discuss strategies of creating a shared vision, fostering open communication, and promoting collaboration that leaders use to positively impact digital adoption and transformation. You've touched on some of this already, but as far as creating that shared vision and making sure that the communication that goes out is clear and open. What is your advice? Creating that shared vision is, you know, it, it, that's the, that's the North star, you know, that provides the direction. It provides the motivation for the individuals and the, the teams as they, you know, as they're working towards that, that goal, creating that shared vision for a digital adoption and transformation that need to involve as many people as you can, not, you know, and beyond just stakeholders, but everyone involved in the, in the change. It has to be very clear, uh, you know, with that vision, it has to be, you have to show people how that's aligned within the organization's, you know, the overall mission and values of that organization, creating that trusted open environment so that you can have those open communications and the, the candid conversations that will need to take place over time as you're going through these change and just in a promotion of the collaboration across the organization and, you know, to have that cross-functional teamwork and opportunities for people to work together and just, you know, it, it creates that open collaborative type environment to, to foster all of that underneath that shared vision. Well, thank you. And thanks to AI for providing that question, even though we had already basically covered the other topics before we even uh, that AI had suggested. <laughs> we'd already done that. Sure. Humans are still superior. But <laughs> as you know, we have another guest coming up soon who's going to we're going to discuss AI, which is artificial intelligence, of course, and how it is likely to impact workplace culture. So sort of leading up to that, do you have any speculations or insights into how AI will likely be used as it relates to digital transformation in companies and organizations in the coming decades or maybe even months? I think you're starting to see that with robotic process automation where things are 
push through workflows automatically. You're seeing that today with very intelligent chatbots. Uh, I think we've all been on websites where you get a little pop-up chat. I'm I'm Julie, and how can I help you today? And it, it's it's amazing and impressive how that technology is being used. But I think you're you're getting a much uh, more robust user experience or consumer experience with that. You know, you're you're getting a high quality of uh, you know almost very technical customer type support with chatbots and some of the generative AI that's that's available. Uh, there are tools now, and, and speaking of IT, there are tools within side of IT that that you can buy and add in, and it builds off of your knowledge base so that it can offer up uh, support on on your help desk tickets or your service tickets that come in. That will it will learn based off of other experiences that that you had or have filled in from knowledge, and then it will provide almost instant support to the users. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think we uh, you know we've got a ways to go. Certainly some scary aspects of it as well, but I think overall it will certainly benefit all of us. Very fascinating insights. And of course, it would have been fascinating had there been podcasts back in the day whenever Model T was was rolling out for the first time, Model A, I guess, was rolling out for the first time to have heard (laughs) the speculation of what was about to happen as a result of something so major and transformational. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought that we would have moving to the horseless carriage and where that was going to take us? <laughs> Absolutely. And who knows where AI will take us, as you said. When you have the opportunity to educate or inform a new leader on your team, somebody that reports to you about everything we've been talking about so far, so maybe they're new to your department or new to your organization or new to a front-facing or leadership role, how do you help that person be prepared for everything we've talked through so far? How do you mentor those members of your team to understand the workplace culture piece and its direct path to the successful implementation that you outlined earlier? For me, right out of the gate is working with folks on the communication piece. And it's such a broad topic. I mean, there's a, you, you probably could have a podcast or three just on communication. But I think with communication and getting to the why behind it, changing it because of X, Y, or Z, you know, that's why we're doing it. And usually that helps with 75, 80% of, of the things that you're tackling is just the overall communication and putting it in terms that that particular stakeholder will understand and that they can grasp and, and get the why behind it. That usually is, especially from an IT perspective, uh, we fall down more times than not. But I think it's the overall, just the communication, the collaboration behind everything that we do and, and just offering up the why behind it. Makes a lot of sense. On a related topic and from a different angle, you manage a team that's all over at least North America. Is that correct? Correct. As you have experienced that. What is it that you do to try to keep a sense of community with a largely remote workforce scattered in such a huge geographical area as their manager? The you know the biggest thing is staying connected, having regular team meetings, uh, even impromptu calls and conversations with people, just as if you if you were in fact in the same building. Uh, just no different than if you're walking to get a cup of coffee and you run into somebody and you know, strike up a conversation very similar, just, you know, random calls, 
conversations in addition to the perhaps the weekly calls. My infrastructure and operations guy, I think he does a he does a great job of that with his team. He's probably he probably has this larger subset of team with inside our group and he he looks for different ways in his uh in his stand up meetings to uh to learn about team members and you know, whether it's saying, you know, tell us something that no one would know about you or wouldn't expect them to know about you or little things like that to just to try to, to loosen it up and create that personal connection with people. I think you have to be much more intentional about that with having a remote workforce. Very logical. Well, based on your extensive insights, I feel like you and I could have had and, and still can have 10 podcast episodes on all <laughs> sorts of related topics. But since our time is closing now, I just wanted to ask you one final question. And that is, what did I not ask you that I should have? Or what else would you like to add to this conversation that maybe we have not touched on so far? We have covered a tremendous amount of ground in this conversation. But I think that if nothing else, you know, walking walking away with the takeaways for a transformation, not that you didn't ask this, but just reiterating the fact that the leadership's committed and bought into that change and making sure that your messages are consistent across the organization. You know, make sure that your team members are getting the consistent answers to their questions, making sure that you're driving accountability and trust with inside of the organization and building that great culture. That will deliver results. Excellent closing points. Thank you so much for your valuable time and practical insights and this very useful advice on the podcast, Tom. It's much appreciated. Brain Chatter is a production of Ken Chapman and Associates Incorporated. We assist clients across North America and beyond with leadership development, corporate culture transformation initiatives, behavior-based professional development for health and safety issues, individual and team assessments, conflict and performance management, succession planning, and team building, making a difference in organizations and individuals' lives for over 40 years. Learn more at leaderscode.com. Please consider ranking and reviewing us wherever you listen to podcasts. The more reviews or rankings we receive, the more the algorithms recommend us to new listeners. Thank you so much for your time.